HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Erica Wides, host of Let's Get Real, the cooking show about finding, preparing, and eating food. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's June 9th, 2015, and we got Old World Beer uh, Chief Jeff O'Neill and the Beanery Brewery in the house. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. It's a special day. We've got some of our old pals back, including Jimmy Ludwig. How hey, are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. All Good right. to be here. Thanks for having Beer me. Beer Sessions Radio is brought to you by Union Beer Distributors, suppliers of world-class ales and lagers. And you can tweet at beer underscore sessions, and we'll get back to you. Someone out there is tweeting live, so. Here we go. This is a great show. You know what's so cool? We got Jimmy Ludwig back in the house. Happy hour guys. Happy hour guys. Earlier I was joking that your your show is called the Mile High Guys. <laughs> well, it depends which state we're visiting. So, but I'm fe- I'm feeling really good. Justin Kennedy's in in the booth. Our our, our great producer. And he's got a he's got a, a two month old child now, something like that. And uh, Dave Broderick, who's always a, a good buddy. Hey, Jimmy, you're, you're in town. And uh, Jeff O'Neill, our favorite brewer, who Hi, brewed Jimmy. at Ithaca Peekskill, and he's got a secret project. In the works. We can't talk about that. He'll, he'll kill us. <laughs> and then some other guys, like Chris Bala. He's got uh, working on a new bar with Grand Army. Hi, Jimmy. In Brooklyn. And uh, the guy I've been waiting for a long time, Mr. Luke Manson. Oh, hello, Jimmy. I think a couple years ago you won, like, Bartender of the Year or something, right? I think most of the voters are here. New York right City. <laughs> but, that helps. That and helps Ian a lot. Campbell and Jason hey, Merrill, part of the, uh, the Worthy Burger. And uh, How you guys doing? Ian. Hey, Jamie. The Beanery Crab. So it's kind of like it's it's like it's kind of like Vermont's taking over the show, right? I, well, a little bit, yeah. It's Vermont came to New York and and took over the place with coffee and beer and all kinds of things. The big story was that you handsome. know J- Jeff O'Neill, very handsome, our favorite, everyone's favorite brewer. He, he must have won a Tap New York thing like twenty times, and he's made amaze balls and all Stop. these things. Mm-hmm. Stop. He's, uh, we got him in the studio to talk about what he's doing. And, you know, he just happened to show up. It's so weird. He I know. And, and the beanery guys are here with their coffee beer, and yeah. they're trying to take over the show. I think that's the real story. <laughs> <laughs> they're taking the city by storm. Yeah. What's going on, Jeff? What Chief, you, what's going on, man? Talk heard? to us. What have you heard? I don't know. You just stopped by. What's happening these days? Well, I'm opening a brewery in the Hudson Valley. What? I swear to God. I, the heck you say. 
shut your front door. <laughs> well, you know, what, you, one what of my favorite, uh, favorite, talking about Jeff and my favorite mile high, I mean, happy hour guy shows was when you went up to Peekskill. And you, you interviewed Jeff, and he showed you the cool show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought we weren't going to talk about the cool show. Oh, yeah. Show. You told me not to talk about but. it. That was a great episode. We have, we, every time we were up there with him, we had an amazing time. We tasted fantastic beers, and we can't wait to see what he's going to come up, up with in his next endeavor. That was the first time I saw a GoPro camera. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Fun. We stuck it in places it shouldn't have been, probably. You guys are savvy. <laughs> Media savvy. <laughs> let's, let's, let's cut it. So, so, Jeff, you know, we've got a lot to talk to you about tonight. But let's talk about the beanery. And, and Luke Manson says it's your first time on the show. What were some of the bars you worked at? I know you worked at Jimmy's Number 43. You still work at Blind Tiger. What were some other bars you worked at in New York? Because you're one of our, our favorite New York City beer guys. Oh, it started, uh, my, my great story started at TGI Fridays and Rockefeller Center. Um, and then I was fired from there. And uh, <laughs> I was, uh, there's a place called 36 West that fired me. Um, Hop Devil, let me go. Let's go back to TGI Friday. <laughs> and that last night that you worked there. I don't think he even got a chance to give notice. Uh, what happened, man? Uh, God, uh, there was a patron that was uh, clearly intoxicated, and the bar was uh, very busy. And um, I, ha- I asked the manager to deal with him because I refused to serve him, and he was uh, using some colorful language. And, uh, and then uh, when I turned around, he tried to throw my manager over a railing. And so when I jumped over the bar, and just before my feet hit the ground, I'd already hit him in the head. And then I opened the door with his head, and then I threw him out onto the sidewalk, and, um, and that was pretty much it for me. And now, now you're reformed. Yeah. <laughs> now you're selling beer. Ah, the blind tiger. Done that at the yeah. tiger yet. There's other places you work. You work like this. Like, the goose place. What's the goose place? Uh, the Guilty Goose was fantastic. Yeah, I worked there on 23rd Street. I helped them get their uh, draft program going. Ken Fish, Fishman? Fisherman? Fishman? A fisher of men. No. <laughs> That's Luke yeah. Manson, his first time on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, it's, it's great to see you, man. And so what are you doing with the beanery? Because we, 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 we tasted it. We did a show in February at the New York City uh, Beer Week at Blind Tiger. And so I've tried a couple of them, but we're going we're gonna to taste more on the show tonight. Uh, I guess I'm lucky enough to be the New York partner. So those guys are selling up in Vermont. I, I get to go around and, and help be the face in New York and set up events, go to events. You know, raise awareness, drink beer with people. It's pretty fun. All right. And we've got Chris Bala, who was the beverage manager with uh, Mile End and yep. now with Grand Army. Yep. So what do you think about the beanery? There's kind of a buzz building about There's it. There's a buzz. Yeah. <laughs> no pun. Well, actually, pun extremely intended. Intended. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of good things. I haven't tried anything. I'm excited to be here. So, Luke, as the New York City rep, you should start pouring us the beer. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because not everyone's tried it. And tell us about it. What's going on here? It looks like we have a a coffee IPA that we're about to pour. And you got Ian Campbell, too. So, Ian, why don't you jump in, too? So, uh, tell us a little bit about the beanery, the the brewing project. Yeah, so basically, the project is uh, really pairing single origin coffee with craft beer. So, we're uh, basically uh, brew a base beer, and we're working with. uh, uh, a woman uh, who has a roastery called CQ. Her name is Claudia, and she's a certified Q grader. Uh, so she has like an amazing palate for coffee. So we do, a, do bring a beer to her and talk about really the flavors that we're really like looking for. She matches a coffee bean that she thinks is going to be appropriate. And uh, our uh, our head brewer Dave Yarrington pretty much takes it from there. What else do you want to know? <laughs> I think that I, can, I asked you before, but again, why the hell coffee beans and, and, and beer? So 
And because I love coffee and I love beer, so why not put them together? And uh, I mean, that really was the whole business plan. One sentence with a question mark at the end. And, you know, it, so far it was, uh, it took us a long time to figure out how to do it, do it well. We actually use Dream of the 90s as one of our models. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. How are you, are you doing it in a specific, uh, same methodology each time? Or yeah, what's your process Different like? coffee infusion or, or how are you doing it? Um, same methodology. Uh, and so we dry hop uh, with whole beans. Okay. And it's just a matter of how long huh. and how much. And so that kind of that varies bean to bean, basically, and and batch to batch in terms of, you know, she's getting the, these coffees come from a farm, and they're going to be different, mm-hmm. each, a little bit different each time, mm-hmm. and and uh, but she knows exactly the flavor profile she's trying to get, which sometimes the roast can you can sort of get some consistency mm-hmm. by roasting maybe a little more, a little less, uh-huh. and uh, so she really she's got an incredible palate. And you're using different roasters. Uh, so far, same, just just Claudia, roster. yeah, and uh, but that is part of the plan is to um, find someone in New York and maybe more than one to work with and and um, and just play around with that and you know because it's fun to get you know different takes on um, what people you know they'll taste the beer and they go oh wait a minute no this should be something else yeah, huh. yeah. and even Claudia cha- you know kind of goes around and. Uh, and sort of gets different ideas. You know, there was a time, a few, five or seven years ago, Toasting that the future of caffeine and beer was in jeopardy a little bit. Mm-hmm. That was some of those crappy ready-to-drink products. But well, well, yeah, but some breweries got caught up in the shuffle, and I happen to be one of them yeah. with a beer that we made at Ithaca. Well, tell me about that. I was wondering if you had made any beers with coffee or caffeine. I've made a number. I mean, a number of them through the years. But there was a beer we made at Ithaca. Um, Jeez, I, I can't remember which one of two it was. Uh, we got a letter from a consortium of states' attorneys general that wanted a detailed analysis of how we extracted the caffeine, what the caffeine levels were, wow, um, and so on and so forth. And I didn't have it. I, we didn't even have a rudimentary lab in, in that brewery. Huh. Um, so I didn't. Ha- I explained my thought process and the re- re- relation volume to volume that it would take if you were steeping it in water, whatever, and what I projected the caffeine content to be. And I, I couldn't recall that right now, but that was the end of it. But it was part of a um, multi-state lawsuit about energy drinks and people. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh. Like, is yeah, there a people lab- doing crazy things on? Is there a labeling issue with with caffeine in beer? I mean, is it something well, was, you gotta? Like, you have to. You have to indicate that coffee's added. I exactly. think. Exactly. Okay. Um, but let's jump back. So tell us about a couple of the, the beers you did make with coffee or caffeine. That beer would have either been uh, a Doppelbach that we added espresso shots right into. That poor barista stayed up all night. <laughs> uh, or like maybe, Sounds the, like Ian maybe the 11th anniversary <laughs> beer, which was a, a coffee milk stout kind of I thing. Hmm. It was one of those two. I just love how the coffee plays on the palate. I, when when I mean this, I'm trying the the coffee IPA right now, and it's 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 like you get the one two punch. You know, you get the you get the, the grain and the and and the beer itself, and then the coffee sort of follows up. It's a blast, man. Yeah, and it really. Cha- I mean, we've noticed in, there's a lot of dry hopping in this IPA, and so as the dry hopping, you know, in a couple of weeks, two three weeks, sort of starts to drop off a little bit, the coffee becomes more prominent. It moves and forward. Like sure. Luke was just saying, this doesn't have as much coffee in it. It's just because. The uh, the hop aroma and huh. the dry hopping is kind of overpowering it right now. Makes sense as those oils fade back, then those right. then the caffeine then and it'll the shift. And you'll see on the coffee milk stout, it's the coffee is much more prominent, um, 
and uh, and it isn't aged necessarily any longer huh. on the beans. So, wow, yeah. But Jeff, I can't believe you made a coffee beer before. I've never even heard of it. I, I thought this was how could you not know that beer? No, actually, Many Dave, beers. Dave mentioned it was nice. Dream beer. in the 90s, and yeah, it's a really... A, at Peekskill, we made a number of coffee pale ales. What and, Dave uh, always says, he, Dave is such an insider, he always says the code word, like, dream of the 90s. Well, it's just the name of the beer. The name only, of the Jeff, beer. only Jeff knew what that was. And no, I'm like, I, we've had it. We had it. I, you we, had it, too. Squish. Actually, you know what? Chad Rich is calling a beer dream of the 90s, and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> it's, okay. it's okay now. It's okay with me. I know. Well, that's cool. One one of our Happy Hour guy affiliates, uh, Justin Squiggs, probably had a chair named for him at at at, uh, at Peekskill yeah. Brewery. I think he was there like once every, every other every Friday, pretty much every yeah. Friday. So it I, would I, he, always be as I was. I remember as him. I was running for a train. Yeah, I remember him speaking about that beer in particular. He loved it. Yeah. And then let's that show, Chris, a mistake. Chris Bow, hold on. Chris, yeah. so uh, tell us what's going on in Grand Army, because we're all just getting to know each oh, other. I mean... New bar in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's getting a lot of buzz. Uh, it's Damon, a, Bolte, Damon our Bolte, speakeasy host yeah. from Heritage Radio Network. Damon, Bolte's, Damon Bolte's a real brother of mine, uh, and I've known him for a number of years, and he's one of my favorite cocktail people in the city. So it's really kind of like bar started around him. Um, our other partners, Julian Britzi from uh, Rucola Restaurant, and uh, Noah Burnamout from Myland, uh, my, you know, my other employer, uh, are doing the wine program there. I'm doing beer. Uh, I don't know. My whole approach is just uh, a pretty esoteric program in bottles, stuff that works well with oysters. We're essentially an oyster bar, but also a neighborhood bar. I work well with oysters. I, I work very well <laughs> with oysters as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, and just draft beer, trying to kind of feature smaller, less-known uh, local breweries and just kind of keep. What are some of the beers you have on draft right now? Uh, I've been really getting into the sour stuff from Greenpoint Brewing out wow. of Dirk the Norseman. Mm-hmm. I, I was really surprised actually recently. I didn't know what they were up to, and uh, so we've been featuring them on since we started. Um, other half with hoppy stuff, um, threes, folks beer. Folks beer is making a stout for us. Love, love folks beer, man. Yeah. Do you, do you have full control over, over the the beer menu? Yes. Yeah. I. I that was sort of a, a stipulation, but that's just how I kind of roll. But. Uh, <laughs> but. <laughs> but uh, I will not come to your restaurant. But my, I don't know. The guys running the bar are very, very cool. And we're all on the kind of the same page, and. Uh, yeah, but I don't want to take too, too much time plugging that. But, no, but we're getting somewhere. Yeah, State Street and Hoyt Street in Borum Hill. But the question is, nice. would you carry a coffee beer on your draft list at I th- Grand Army? I, I would entertain that if I liked it, and absolutely. I mean, if, if it's from some guys that I like and they're doing great things, then yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. Jeff, do you, no I, how about jumping on this one and help me out? Because uh, it, it, to listeners, that they're thinking probably coffee beans and beer, but this is the second time I've had it, and I really like these beers. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot more, I think, crossover in the in the flavor than you would think, at, or a lot of people might think at first blush. But there's something. There's like 400 different flavor compounds in coffee, or something like that. And hmm. there's a bunch of spots where that intersects with hop flavors and multi flavors, caramel, and a, a lot of the language is to, is similar that you'd use to describe them both. And but there's some pitfalls there, though, right? Because there's so many different flavor compounds, and would, would it be? I mean, sure. There's no. I don't think there are any kind of hard and fast rules right. about how to do it right now. There's a lot of moving yeah. parts. Yeah, yeah. and the, you're working with a lot of agricultural ingredients, and 
part of the art of it, I guess, is juggling juggling all that. <laughs> That's fun. That sounds like fun. It sure. Is. And you know, I'm jumping around because I want to get all the voices in, but I also want any of you that are listening live to know what's going on tonight and why I'm so excited. So Luke organized kind of a beanery crawl tonight. So what are all the places that have beanery on tap right now, Tuesday night? That, that we're going to visit or you're going to visit tonight? Well, we can I, or can you. I start with yes? I'll start with yes, <laughs> yesterday. Thank you. So, going, starting from yesterday, we were at um, we were at the Blind Tiger. Then we went to Murray's Cheese. Then we were at Beria. Then we at Beria. 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 Yeah. And then we finished up at Tap Room 307. So then today we've been jumping around sampling people all morning. Now we're here at Roberta's. We're going to leave here. We're going to go have a couple drinks at Mugs. Hang out there. Mugsdale House in Williamsburg. Love Mugs. Shake some hands. Then we're going to go to Jimmy's 43, a storied... In East Village. East yeah. Village Institution. Institution. <laughs> it's actually... A, he, he always wanted it. He got his corner spot. He's the That's corner... Right. He's got a corner spot. <laughs> Too, soon. Corner bar. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> oh, is that true? <laughs> and, then, uh, and then late tonight, we're all going to uh, probably crawl out of proletariat. Where they're carrying the beer as well tonight. Nice. So this is what's going on. And this is what I call I like a fun beer launch. You guys kind of did it on your own and, and you know... I'm really looking forward to going with you guys tonight. So this is what we when people listen to the show, like where should I go in New York City? Well, I think Luke just told you. Yeah, so. that's like a that's like a who's who of great and great New York bars. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of others now and they're popping up at all at every other minute, but those are some amazing, amazing New York bars. All right. Well this is we're off to a good start to the show. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com.
Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Assassins Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. we got some great guests tonight here in their studio behind Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick. You know, we're talking with uh, Jeff O'Neill, uh, great brewer, Ithaca Brewing, then Peekskill, and now he's going to head off into his own special new project. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Ludwig from the Mile High Happy Hour Guys. Happyhourguys.com. And some guys from the Beanery Brewing uh, out of New Hampshire, Vermont, New York, all over these awesome places. But one thing I want to talk about for this next segment is while we're drinking, uh, Luke, what are we drinking? We're drinking one of your coffee bean beers. That is the Ethiopian uh, coffee milk stout. All right. I like it. So, Jeff, I want to want to bring this up. It seems like with brewers and chefs, it's kind of like whenever there, you know, a new restaurant happens or a new brewery, there's certain you know you, you get almost like put in front as the face of of the operation. Because um, I know when you're at Ithaca, a lot of people identified the, the Ithaca beers with you and, sure. and at Peekskill too. Um, I don't know. Let's let's talk about that a little bit because it's kind of like you're almost a selling point. Like you're becoming a, a, a personality that helps drive the craft beer scene. How does yeah, it feel to be a brand, Chief? <laughs> How does it feel to be a brand? That was a deep question, wasn't it? Well, it doesn't suck, right? <laughs> um, good answer. Very good answer. But I think it, it fits in nicely with uh, know your farmer, know your butcher, know your baker. Absolutely. Does, like the farmer's market mentality, right? Yep. Like people identify very closely with the stuff that they put in their bodies. They like to know, many of them like to know a lot of the details about it, and beer is one way to really, I think, express what you like philosophically by what you consume. And when you're drinking local, it's cool to be able to see the guy who actually created that liquid. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. But for, for Dave Broderick here, I'm wondering if, if that, that question or statement resonates with you, because... Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, we, we like to personalize everything, you know, and especially... Um, you know, we're all in the, a business, a, a beverage business, uh, and so it that stuff's very yeah, important to a, us. Uh, and collegial element, too. No, no question. To I mean, it's the, like you love to hang out. alcohol in general. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a, you know, huge a social, social aspect. Yeah, there's yeah. a huge social aspect. And so it's great to be able to, you know, people that you totally respect that are making great stuff. Uh, it's great to be able to hang out with them and, and get to know them and, and see how their personalities um, get into their beer. And, and it's a two, a totally a two-way street. Like, I always like to see the beer handled with, you know, a reasonable amount of, not that it deserves reverence, but, you know, respect and, and understanding. Like, mm-hmm. we have a very highly educated uh, consumer base these days. And growing more educated by the yeah. day. Right, people are coming in with a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they some know of them. enough to be dangerous. <laughs> it's one way it's always it. funny. I mean, you see it, you see it at, at restaurants and beer bars, and especially when they're new or in an area that wasn't maybe as educated. When Jason and I were talking about this earlier at the Worthy Kitchen, which is our second place in Vermont, um, it's a very conservative area. Doesn't really know beer as well, and then at some point, all of a sudden. People start asking about sours. Mm. Wow! And that's when you you just realize all right, <laughs> the light bulb has it, gone it just on, shifted a little bit here. Yeah, and uh, and like it's going to be different now. What's it been like for you? I can ask both of you guys as brewers. What's it like to have people come in, maybe the first time around and not know a whole lot, and then come back the second time around or the fourth time around, going, "Hey, what about a sour?" I mean, is it cool? It's a to lot watch, more fun. Watch people evolve that yeah. way. Sure. Yeah, I mean, do you have? There was a, a cool effect at Ithaca where it was obvious that the um, college students were becoming savvy, huh. um, and it was the early days of like online beer community types type of stuff. But there was a point at which I think uh, it was beyond just the math of 
well, this craft beer is stronger and it costs only a little bit more. But there was more of an understanding of, oh, I'll bring this home at Thanksgiving time. Oh, yeah. And it was cool to see that evolve over the over the. I bet it was. I bet decade, it was. The decade that I was You watch an entire community. Yeah, like at change. first we would not have uh, any student growler customers. <laughs> and by the end, by the time I left there, it was 75% student. Wow. That's a huge yeah. increase. You know, Jeff, how did so you develop cool the. it's cool to see the. Uh, yeah. The. the audience develop what was it like when you how did you develop the Ithaca Flower Power IPA um you know I had come from we probably have had the same exact conversation on this show before but I came you know I started uh that's my only question I'm I'm you know I'm I grew up in upstate New York in Binghamton um but I moved out west uh when I was after college and I lived in the Bay Area for a number of years before my wife and I moved back to Ithaca and I started my brewing career in, in the Bay Area at around the time that the first really, let's just say, American-style IPAs were being made, double IPAs. Um, so that had a big uh, influence on my... It informed, it informed my career in a lot of ways. I was always really enthralled with that bright, fresh, hoppy flavor that was... <clears throat> had so many things in common with other flavors that you'd love, like fruit juice or uh, tropical or um, citrus. Huh. I have a question. I always, I always loved that that connection where the hop compounds were so obviously also s- similar or the same to other things that I loved. Well, I love that we're talking about ingredients, right? Because this is a coffee beer show. So, Dave, you guys are dealing with coffee. Is I mean, can you guys toss out, are there some other ingredients that you're excited about right now as brewers that you're like, I want to play with X, whatever that is. I mean, obviously coffee, that's huge. That's a big thing for, for what's going on right now. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah. And it, well, it's, it's the re, one of the reasons we did coffee milk stout was to get that, you know, another little flavor lactose yep. in, and, uh, but things that, that relate to, to us, it's sort of things that relate to coffee. Such um, as, uh, I mean, obviously well, lactose. So we're thinking, I mean, there's there's things like you know, like a Turkish coffee. You know, like going to different kinds of coffee, and how do you make that into a beer? Huh. And so, you know, it's like it's funny. My wife is really she's worked in coffee for a really long time, and she's really into it. So we talk about it at night. It's like, okay, what else can you know? What other drinks are there? And 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 how do you reproduce those flavors? So. Huh. So I think that we're going to be doing a lot of that, which will be kind of fun, and, and you know, sort of see where it goes. And other people are already doing it, but it, you know, is the not mission, tons. Is the, is the mission strictly coffee and coffee-related beers? Yes, everyone will be every single okay. one. Wow, yeah, it'll Chief, never, never work. And I know <laughs> that's that's what I keep saying. Chief, what about you? Is there an ingredient you're kind of crushing on right now? Oh, it, I mean, it's hops. It always will be. <laughs> and I'm build. I mean, I'm building a hops extracting factory. Essentially, really, yeah, that's the best way to describe it. All right, I'll be there. Well, then, I'll, Jeff, be r- I'll be right over. Then, how did you go from? I know it's generalizing. You had Ithaca Flower Power, then you had Peakskill Eastern Standard IPA. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of these also happened um, concurrently with some of the hop breeding that's been going on yeah. in the in the Northwest. So, like when I started doing this, there was a much smaller family, a palette of varieties to paint with. And over the last decade, these proprietary and, and experimental varieties have come to the forefront. And they've been, you know, evocative aromas and flavors. And I think very, you know, IPA is the best-selling style of beer, of craft beer. Yeah, right? agreed. That was impossible to consider 10 years ago. 
Uh, and a lot of that has happened hand in hand with, I, I think, farmers who were commodities farmers in the back in the industrial brewing days, becoming craft artisanal farmers and focusing on doing something that they can be that they can cr- sell as a point of difference from from their competition and possibly make more money per whatever per acre. Yeah, per and it's been a really uh, amazing thing to see. And, you know, it didn't happen right in front of my eyes, but, but I have met hop farmers now who live in the Yakima Valley in Washington who are huge hop heads. <laughs> and they didn't have, you know, they didn't have IPAs to drink there when they were, you know, these are third and fourth generation. That's crazy. They've been raising hops their whole lives. Even, yeah. And, and then now they're hop heads. And they've never had hoppy beers come back at them. I, I would have expected I mean, them to be the biggest hop heads in the universe. Well, the cool thing is that they've actually, a couple of them spun out some businesses. Like one of the farms has a brewery on it, um, Bale Breaker. Huh. It's, a, it's a, a, a brewery that focuses on, I mean, for real, hops that were grown within a mile or so. Now, if we could there. put a coffee plantation right next door to that, <laughs> we'd be in business, man. You'd, you'd be also in the tropics. <laughs> so that too. Actually, I, I know a secret about this for another show. I know the secret about why Washington State became this great hop-growing region. Oh, you tell me. Okay, I just learned this. Before, like, 1940-something, the, the eastern part of Washington and Oregon State were practically deserts. Mm-hmm. And the United States built a huge dam, dammed the Columbia River. Yep. And because of that, Eastern, Eastern Washington and Oregon became great agricultural regions. Apples and yeah. hops and it's things high, like and that. It's high desert there, but they it is have high plenty desert. of water. Right, and, hops. and that's that was the change, and that's why a lot of people like John Siegel, mm-hmm. they, their families moved their their hop growing from New York State out to Washington. Right, because New York so was happy huge. That you <laughs> yeah. I love that guy because so hops are not the hops don't do well in humid regions, right? right there's exactly. a blight or something, yep. some kind of mold. So mildew, they do, yeah, they mil- do well. Downy in, mildew is a problem, right? They do well in dry yeah. climates. Yeah. But that's for another show. But sure. I, I will give a shout to so John Siegel talking about ingredients. Good point. Other Jimmy, two Jimmys. Thank you very much, uh, John Siegel Siegel Farms. You know. Are there certain hop growers that you work with closely? Yeah, yeah, and that's something that I'm certainly um, making a part of my core mission is that transparency and the and the whole supply chain, um, having really great relationships and maintaining those relationships because it's it's a really mutually beneficial thing. So there are a couple of farms, uh, Siegel, Siegel Ranch and uh, Carpenter Ranches that I've worked with for years at. at um, each of the last breweries that I've worked with, and I'm going to maintain long, long-term relationships with them. And but Jimmy, wait, let me yeah. talk. So Chris, Chris Bala, so you've been buying a lot of beer for, for for a number of years. Yeah. And out of the hat, which which of Jeff's Peak Skill beers would, would you say you'd, you'd want? Peak Skill beers? Yeah. Oh, I really love the uh, Shotgun Willie. Mm-hmm. That's a great ride. I mean, not. Southern I'm from. I'm, I'm also from yeah. Texas. Yeah. All right, so okay. yeah. Jeff, tell us about. We want this. Everyone wants to hear you talk about your beer. So, okay. what's Shotgun Willie? But I should say because I. You don't really like that beer? No, I love that beer. <laughs> no, but I was thinking about this show, and um, I've I've followed J- Jeff's career for a number of years, and uh, I when I first started you know, working, you know at, Ben Kulikowski, right? Is that the, is that the connection? Uh, well, no, I was at Beercraft for okay. That was kind of my entrance into this okay. business, but uh, we had a big cellar there um, with a lot of your beers in it, and it was Ithaca Brute. Oh yeah, yeah. And we had a we had a couple of cases of what what year was that? Two thousand four. Uh, we made a few, uh, three or four. Years. But I had I, I if I was to bring one beer to the show, it would have been that. <laughs> but I I, I had a couple bottles. But I I mean I thought 
I mean, I what I know or associate with you is that you figured out hops kind of ahead of the you know, ahead of the curve with a lot of people, and then also the wild fermented thing as well. And I yeah, thought that beer think, was sort of well. I think my uh, signature, if that's what you call it, is just flavor being flavors. flavor forward. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, dry and low pH and so uh, in balance. But so what was Shotgun Willie? Shotgun Willie was a rye IPA made with Nelson Sovin hops, and if I'm being honest, it's heavily influenced by uh, a beer from Alpine Brewing in right. uh, San Diego called uh, Nelson. Awesome. Yeah, that's a terrific beer. Well, I'm going further with, we were talking about, you know, getting hops from a specific farm and developing relationships. I want to go back to coffee with Dave. And it, do, you, do you see at some point that you will be sourcing beans from a specific locale or a specific grower and people coming in saying, hey, I want a coffee beer with coffee made from this amazing place? That's why we're doing this, so we can travel. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed where coffee is grown, but it's usually warm. Yeah, and it's good things. Yeah, unlike Vermont. I want to go to yeah. Costa Rica. But <laughs> exactly. how, cool, how cool would that be to, to, to brew a beer and have? Some, I would love that as a consumer to be able to say, "Hey, I, I want a beer that's got coffee in it that's made from this particular place," instead of just like Costa Rican coffee. So we yeah. have this whole vision of uh, pictures of Ian like macheting his way through jungles <laughs> to get to these special beans and Instagramming the hell out of it. But that, I mean, but that actually really that actually really really is what the uh, we we do yeah, know the farms that great. we do know the farms that the that the coffee in each of these are coming from. So the the ah. woman that we work with yeah, so, so Ian, so the coffee IPA yeah, so and it's, the milks that were those uh, co- uh, beans Costa Rican from. coffee, but it's actually a farm called Macho Arce. Is where the Costa Rican beans come from. Macho and the and the that's a uh, that's a nickname for um, Latin Americans that have blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> They're all called macho. And uh, and then I, I don't think I can pronounce specifically or recall the name of the farm in Ethiopia. Ashka- well, her name is Ashkenesh. She's like the biggest. She's the only female grower in Ethiopia, and wow. she's, and she hires. Mostly, I think 80% of the farm is women. Jason was actually pouring an event, and someone came up and said, is this from, like, Ashkenesh's farm? We've been there. Yes. Oh, my God. And she said it was the craziest thing because they so looked cool. out in the field, and it was all women. And that is amazing. You never see that in Ethiopia. Yeah, they're doing a huge documentary on her. She's like a rock star in Ethiopia. So that's coffee. the milk stuff. So we, we really like to be on top of knowing exactly where the beans are coming from, and we... That's what we're basing the kind of the recipes around. You guys are awesome. This is so cool. We have so much more to say. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right.
Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I think we have a beer crisis in the studio. It's never <laughs> happened before. And I think the reason is because Jeff O'Neill is waiting to open his new brewery. So we don't, he, he didn't bring any beer with him today. But let, let's jump to that. We talked about some, some of your previous projects at Ithaca and Peekskill. So what's coming up? When can we get your beer again? I think, uh, you know, optimistically, I think it's going to be just about a year before we have a full pipeline. I think by this time next year we'll be rolled out and in the market. And it could happen a little bit before now or it could be happening right around now. But the way things are going... Uh, will be online in the first quarter of next year. So if there's any hint of what you're doing, like, you don't have to say a town or anything, but it's in the Hudson Valley somewhere. I'm going to tell you what it's somewhere. called. Yeah, is there you a name? name? Is there a name? Yep, there's a name. What's the name? There's registered intellectual property now. So Excellent. It's called Industrial Arts Brewing Company. I like Ooh. that. Yeah. IAB. We're going to focus um, primarily, not uh, necessarily only on but primarily on um, fresh, hoppy beers. And we're investing a lot in uh, process technology uh, in order to deliver farm fresh hops to your glass. Oh. So what what are some of the, the things that you need as a brewer to, to really get the most flavor out of a hop, since we're talking flavors? Well, I want to use a lot of raw um, whole leaf hop. So we'll have a hop back with um, some proprietary uh, process piping that will allow us to immobilize hops, uh, use whole hops during the boil, which is, um, wow. you know, a lot of small breweries can't do that because they can clog up the process. So we're doing some real specific stuff to use um, hops in different forms, in different ways, uh, very late in the process. And why do you prefer uh, whole hops? Just for people. That I'm not saying I prefer them, um, but they have a different character, and it's again, it's just part of the toolbox, right? So, uh, for better or worse, they're different, and you can create a different character with whole. And beers will be uh, recipes will have whole hop, pellet hop, hop extract. It'll be any number of. Um, Forms, mm-hmm. but the idea is uh, what I found is you know building layers of hoppiness is how to put the best foot forward in front of you, Chief. I just have one at question. Your kitchen table, or I or just have one question: Will industrial arts have a cool ship? <coughs> we will not have a cool ship, but oh. we will have a um, a modern version of a way to control the temperature at that point in the process, where we can. Um, we're not we're, we're not going to focus on those sorts of old right. world beers, right? right? So the idea is we're going to be highly um, repeatable, uh, quality, you know, like quality and cleanliness is like number one here. Repeatability, simplicity, and um, control. Well, the happy hour guys, right. can we come shoot when it's when it's time? <laughs> when you guys, you, are you know what it is. You guys are always. I think it's time to talk about happy hour guys because I think the happy hour guys, their best episode ever was when they went to Peekskill, <laughs> hung out one. with you, and filmed the cool ship. There was even steam. Well, on the, the best camera. part of that was that we had real um, voiceover guys there. Right, <laughs> remember right. your friends? We had, who, a bunch, uh, we had a bunch who of are actually regulars. That's a great story. Pro voiceover guys yeah. who came in and, and were so taken with with the beer that they just started riffing on on how awesome it like was. Like voices be. that you would recognize. Oh yeah, guys. 
guys that do yeah. like movie trailers and all this kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah. what, what was it like? Sh- I mean, shooting. You, you guys go out and you shoot your videos, but you went to a brewery. Well, you know, the the hook of the show is we're both Broadway guys, right? So we're we're Broadway actors. We do f- musicals and and plays and and uh, wherever the job takes us, that's where we shoot. So actually, we got a bunch of good content coming up. We were in San Francisco. Uh, we shot at Lagunitas. We were just in Texas. We shot down at Community Brewing, and we did a little whiskey episode at uh, Balconies down in Waco, which is kind of a cool place. Oh, that's a crazy story. There. Really Biker interesting Biker story. Town. Yeah. 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 So we got a lot of, but we had a great, we had a great time. And Chief, uh, because he's so close to the city, uh, it's always he's always been. When he was at Peekskill, it was a really great place for us to. We were always there. We stopped by a lot. He did. So we had a lot of friends come up and help us shoot sometimes. And uh, yeah, we. Had so how, <laughs> how did you shoot the? You were in the cool ship room, like there was like steam and stuff. Yeah, uh, we broke a camera. We we uh, we definitely lost one camera that day. Yeah, but it's okay. It was an old camera and it was ready to and go. I, you've been dying to give us a special announcement. So, well, the the, spe- the special announcement is just the new content coming up, and the fact that we're now over three hundred episodes. We'll Ooh, be posting wow. three ten right. soon. Wow. Yeah. That's why That's I'm calling lot. you the Mile High guys. <laughs> this the guys who you know what we we're a little too dumb to stop. That's what it is. We just keep on going. So. It's good. I love having you in the show, man. Thanks, man. Good to be here. This is fun. So we've been talking about Jeff's The Industrial Arts. I can't believe I know the name already. I know. I'm so, I feel like I'm in on something. You and everybody else now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, it really takes... It's a long process, isn't it? So you think another it is. year... Um, I, I think, yeah. I mean, uh, let me put the caveat out there. This has been my comeuppance for asking every one of my peers who's opened a brewery, when are you going to open, right? <laughs> I'm going to open as soon as I fucking can. <laughs> right? There's nobody that wants to open this more than me. So True that. When you ask if I am snippy with you, that's why. <laughs> and how can people keep I think up it's with realistic you, to think about it a year. Should people um, like, you know, yeah. we're like so we're really close to um, launching like I'm working with a, a uh, graphic designer, illustrator friend on the on the brand, um, but so we have the name. Got to get your trademark close, done. Yeah, yeah, all that. Kind so of stuff. we have the intellectual property covered, and pretty soon we will start a social media type thing. But I don't want to do it too soon, you know. Yeah, like, well, it's like a new book. You have to wait until yeah. it's really ready. Let's so, jump from that so because I think a uh, year is a reasonable. You, so you're a, a, a story that everyone wants to know, but that story is going to sit for a little bit because uh, we want your beer. Are you making any other beers in the meantime? Well, yeah. Actually, I've been doing some collaborations. What? And, I, and I'm trying to stay busy. Yeah. I Excellent. Made a, I made a beer at Threes. Um, we're with the guys uh, at Threes on, on Friday. We Love made, those guys. We made, yeah, that place is so great. It's awesome. Um, has everybody been there? You haven't been Fourth there? Fourth Avenue. Yeah. Um, but what, what beer did you make, and when's that coming out? We made a, uh, a really interesting beer. It's a mango beer that we fermented just with um, Britannomyces clausenii. Which is the real fruity uh, Brett? Um, I think variety. I dated her in college. <laughs> <laughs> Greg loves that. Uh, You're married, Jim. Oh, sorry, Jim. And so Jim. we we uh, chopped a lot of mangoes, and we had a, we had a really great really great day. And that place is is beautiful. Um, and, and they, they really cool have and they have a great vibe going on there. Yeah, uh, from top to bottom. And uh, I made a beer at Barrier uh, a few weeks before that. That's a collaboration that we did um, earlier on that you may already know about the Cooper's uh, House IPA. Well, that's great. Huh. I, didn't, um, I didn't know about it. We've made it. We made it first at uh, Greenport Harbor in December, 
and uh, they sold. It was right around the, the time that uh, Cooper's was opening their ch- spot in Chelsea. So right. Cooper's Craft, they have a place yeah. with East yeah. Village. Yeah. They got two spots now. Yeah, and it's the, their house IPA. And then we brewed a second batch at uh, Barrier. Um, with Evan? Was it Evan that was there? Or? Evan was there, yeah. yep. And it's a collaboration with Greenport, Barrier, um, Peekskill, and Cooper's. Awesome. And it's been, nice. you know, we've had a, we've had a couple of really, really fun days doing that. I made a beer at uh, Hill Farmstead in April, which was fun. And I'm trying to do, like, one a month for the rest of the year. Um, Let, let's so keep I'm, up I'm with that, that Jeff. Stuff right now. Everybody loves your beer. Yeah. Let's ask, I want to ask Dave Broderick one more question about the uh, the beanery. So the background, which is really cool, is that what you guys are making it with Dave Yarrington, right? Uh, Smut Lo- Smut Labs, Smut Lobes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different show. Wow, Smutlobes. that's a that's different show. Radio. I don't know where to go that with that. Not this show. <laughs> So, yes. What was the question? <laughs> How does the brewer's craft impact your beer? Um, this, you have the coffee bean aspect. Right. Well, in the very beginning, and obviously. Is it a challenge for him? Yes. And, and it's good. One of the reasons that we're really happy to, to be working with Dave is he has a big chemistry background. And so, you know, we spent six months trying to figure out how we wanted to get the coffee flavor into the beer. And some of it was not very good. You know, it took us a while. And we're still working on it. Every rest, I mean, every time we make a batch, it's a little bit different. Mm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I think it's very important you know who who is making it i mean obviously it's you know we have brewers that we all gravitate towards that you know fit our sort of taste buds and our palates and stuff and uh, i've always really enjoyed his beers and i think he's here here i think he's you know dave just like jeff he can make a lot of different styles is there's you know he's good with sours he's good uh with hoppy beers but he's especially good with multi beers i think and um you know, I think that's going to really bode well for uh, Beanery going forward, um, you know, that experience that he's had with that. Where so. actually are you guys brewing? Where, where? At Smut Labs, which is the old Smut Labs. Smutty Nose. Okay. It's kind of their, now it's their experimental. That's why they call it Smut Labs. New Hampshire, right? In, in New uh, Hampshire, Portsmouth. Right in Portsmouth there? Yep. Yeah, we've shot yep. there. We shot right before they left. Right. That's right. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of old funky. Yeah. <laughs> place and uh and i love going you know any chance to go to the beach yep it's right there it's great yeah and um and charlie ireland who's actually the head brewer there uh is a great guy and he's got a great team so it's just now that that the big brewery has moved out and they're kind of left to their own devices it's got like a really good feel to it really good vibe it's like a playground right? it's totally a playground and uh and they get to you know do a lot of crazy stuff and so they're having a lot of fun in smut labs um just like some other you know uh, places that wanted to do contract, their own brand of Smut Labs is really taking off much more so than they thought it would. And so we're fighting for tank space, just like everybody else. And, and uh, But it's been really... It's, it's a great place to work. It's perfect for us. Are you the perfect. only uh, brand that's uh, outside brand? That's you made? know, uh, Zero Gravity, Paul Saylor's uh, brand was brewing there, but now he just finished his brewery, his production brewery. Oh, cool. So, uh, so I, think, I think there's maybe one or two small projects that are going on in there. But, yeah, it's mainly now us and Smart Labs. You and Smart Labs. Cool. Which is really nice. Yeah. This is a subject for another time, but I feel like when you do something like that, you should, like, BYOT. You should bring your own tank. I know. You show up with a Actually, Dave suggested oh, that. That probably comes up every time. show up with a hundred. Every time. It's only $10,000. Come on. It's just part of his email signature to you. Yes. Like, when are you buying that other tank? <laughs> we wanted to do nitro, and he's like, so get me a pressurized tank. That's no problem. <laughs> That's awesome. 
So that's it. That's it. In a nutshell. <laughs> and then to, let's have Luke one more time. Luke? Yeah. yeah. Wh- where's the uh, Beanery Trail tonight in New York City? Uh, the Beanery Trail will go from here. We're going to go straight to Mugs, have a few beers there, then on to Jimmy's 43, and then end up at the Proletariat. Right. I love those bars. I love and Jimmy, you bars. got what? The Happy Hour Guys? The Happy Hour Guys is, yeah, man, it's, it's actually kind of cool. Uh, Mark Aldrich has been on the national tour of Newsies for the last year. We're about to get him back, and we are going to shoot until our eyes bleed. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And let's get you, Dave, you guys brought also down your chef, Jason Merrill from uh, Worthy Burger and Worthy Kitchen. Jason, we didn't get to talk to you too much, but... Thanks for coming down. Yeah, that's okay. I was just been back here drinking the beer and doing the social media stuff. So, and uh, <laughs> if we go up to Vermont, what are some of the, your top dishes on your menus now? Well, I've been drinking the beer at the restaurant, <laughs> so they they kicked me out of the kitchen, which is good. And um, dealing with uh, the beanery stuff up in Vermont, doing uh, the northern part of the state mostly lately, which is fun. Brisket but, bomb. Oh yeah, the brisket bomb. Oh, and actually, tell them about the um, the worthy bomb. Okay, Which is yeah, new, brand this, new. This worthy bomb, it's really, uh, really amazing. Uh, it's a two little griddled patties of burger with a piece of fried chicken in the middle, some American cheese on a worthy bun. It's pretty much a heart attack when you walk out the door, but it is the best thing that you will ever eat. I want what's to- the other one? What's the brisket bomb? What's that? Yeah, what's the brisket bomb again? I just ate it. It was so good. Brisket bomb. It's on a pretzel bun with uh, slow roasted brisket overnight. It has. Um, it's like brisket lo- chunks. Yeah, brisket chunks <laughs> like a mo- local mozzarella, caramelized onion, arugula, and a house mustard. Ian Campbell. Uh, yeah, Jimmy. Blind Tiger worthy, whatever, beanery. Yeah. Favorite place to drink beer in New York City, not Blind Tiger. Uh, oh, ooh, I, th- I actually think it is That's proletariat, tough. so I'm lucky because we're going there tonight. Yeah. All right. Jeff O'Neill. Oh. Okay, since you're, you're making beer all over the place, where would you like to go out tonight? Oh. Anywhere in New York City. Mugs Ale House. Good man. Jimmy's number 43 and, and Proletarian. All right. And Chris Bala, what, what's on tap at Grand Army right now? Right now? Yeah. Uh, I, I'll just shout out Greenpoint when life hands you. It's a kettle sour with sriracha ace. I think it's delicious. And that's great. These guys are making beer what? Is it Greenpoint? Yeah, it's a... Uh, Brooklyn? Yeah, Ed Raven uh, from Raven Imports and Brewery Lane uh, opened up brew pub called Dirk the Norseman and they have a, a I believe a 10 barrel brew house in the back of that space they're about to expand they're doing mostly kind of old world Germanic, vaguely Germanic stuff but also some fun and that's great they're really things. catching They've on probably been open about a year my now, last right? name is Ludwig no. I'm also vaguely Germanic just <laughs> letting you know <laughs> alright in closing I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors who helped to bring this podcast to you tonight thanks to everybody on the show Jimmy, Jeff, Dave, Luke Ian, Jason and Chris for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network I'm Jimmy Carboni thanks to our producers Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy and our engineer extraordinaire Jack Inslee who's going to Bonnaroo thanks for listening see you next time on Beer <laughs> Sessions Radio alright yeah <laughs> program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.